Hello, my name is Opal Singleton. I am the president and CEO of Million Kids. This is a Million Kids Insider Alert. If you want to receive these normally, please go to millionkids.org, sign up for our newsletter and sign up for these insider alerts. This is a uh, case where three were arrested for operating a California statewide sex trafficking ring. So when I do an insider alert, I start with a case and I start to kind of expand it to see what we can learn about that that will give us takeaways so that will educate us. This case uh, was announced by California Attorney General uh, Bonta as he secured guilty pleas in a statewide sex trafficking ring bust. Now, there are some names here I'm not going to attempt to pronounce because I'm not that good at them, but this is an Asian sex and labor trafficking ring and money laundering, and that's why I picked it. You see, it's a lot more than just sex. These, these people are bringing in foreign national people and putting them in, for instance, massage parlors, keeping all that money, forcing them to work very long hours, and then laundering that money back home. In this case, uh, the defendants will be required to serve a prison sentence for up to eight years. This was a, a ring that had about six people in it at this point that we know of. There's a, another one that they're still looking for. And they committed more than a dozen felonies, including sex trafficking of multiple victims, tax fraud, and money laundering. The principal, a female also known as Lily, pled guilty in January of last year to one count, which actually longer than that, 2020, um, to one count of conspiracy to commit human trafficking and three counts of income tax evasion and one count of money laundering. These rings are all about using foreign national people that are being exploited here in the United States and they take all of that money and send that money back home. She was sentenced to nearly 11 years in state prison. The charges came after they had multiple takedown, multiple operations in several arrests and several locations. As well, they rescued nearly a dozen suspected victims. But get this, she was ordered to pay over a half a million dollars in restitution to the California Franchise Tax Board. As part of the trafficking operation, the criminal network used Backpage. That's been closed down now, of course, but there are other sex ad companies like Backpage. And they would place these sexually oriented ads in there. And then that would drive the, the buyer of the sex to come to the facility. And these women were forced to commit sex acts in several brothels. So these are massage parlors that are being uh, ran as a brothel. In addition, the network also withheld their passports of some of the girls. And in one case, they actually threatened her that she wouldn't be able to ever make a living again. The guilty pleas are a result of a cooperative investigation. I really want you to take a look at this because this is a three or four year operation over many different cities and counties within California. So I want you to realize that this is a large scale Asian ring in this case. And so it covered many different sheriff offices and many different district attorney and many different local law enforcement agencies. 
More than a dozen victims of trafficking were rescued and they were offered with services. By withholding their passports, their captors made them feel like they couldn't leave and they didn't have any choices and they wouldn't ever be able to get work anyplace else. Foreign national victims often fear their families back home will be harmed if they try to leave or they don't make enough money. Well, this investigation started way back in 2016. Think about how long that is, six years to pull all of these investigations together. It started in a massage parlor out of Thousand Oaks, California. They set up a sting operation, which one of the detectives pretended to be a customer, and they responded to one of the advertised hotel locations. At that hotel, the investigator made con contact with one of the victims and learned that she had been trafficked. So there are some takeaways I want you to learn here. One of them is that foreign national trafficking happens here in the U.S. much more than most people realize. And it's happening around us, but we're not aware. You know, how many times have we driven by a massage parlor or a foot massage kind of place and you say, hmm, I wonder if that's real or not. And I wonder what's going on in there. It doesn't look like the big chains. And so you're a little bit suspicious. Well, foreign national trafficking is when individuals from outside the U.S. are brought to the U.S. for sex or labor trafficking right here on our soil. In many cases, they are often put in massage parlors, especially if they're Hispanic or Asian in this case. Illicit massage partners are commonplace when foreign national victims are exploited. The in individuals often enter the U.S. legally. We think, oh, they're going to be undocumented. Well, they're often coming in under a ruse. They themselves have been tricked. And they're coming in under work visas and student visas that have been arranged by their trafficker. The victim and their families are often seduced into believing that they have real jobs here or they're going to get to go to school. And they often prepay thousands of dollars to get an, a, a, what they think is a legitimate job here when in fact it's an illegitimate agent or an illegitimate recruiter that is deceiving them. Some of the common businesses and trafficking scenarios for foreign national victims include massage parlors, foot massages, skincare businesses. We just had that here in our area over in Colton, California, aromatherapy shops. And they'll also be advertised on sex ad websites, hookup sites, and dating sites. But I want you to realize they can also be labor traffic. When foreign national people come in, they're very, very vulnerable. They don't know if they're really going to have a job. They don't know the community. They often don't speak the language. And they think they're coming in for a legitimate cause. Sometimes they're put out into agriculture, like uh, growing uh, out in uh, uh, food. And also the illegal pot growers now, we now know, are using uh, human trafficking tactics to to exploit people that are here from the out of the country. Sometimes poultry and meat growers or farmers, carnival are off, and traveling entertainment kinds of shows. Street vendors, very, very common where they owe their money a coyote. They owe money to a coyote 
and uh, and they're trying to pay that back. And they often don't get the money that that is given to them. They often owe that to a coyote. We believe there are also uh, labor trafficking taking place in some warehouses and also with some garment manufacturers. So I want you to think about signs that a massage parlor may not be that legitimate massage parlor. Now, let me take a minute to say that there's nothing wrong with a massage place, okay? I get massages myself to relieve the stress at times. And there are some really fine masseuses out there making a really good and hard, hard earned living. But I want you to know there are some signs here that some of these may not be legitimate. Number one, their hours are odd. They go very, very late at night. I mean, who's getting a massage at one o'clock in the morning, really? One of the first things I do when I'm suspicious is check to see if there's a website because legitimate massage partners will have a website. Most of them have no legitimate menu of services. You know, like when you go into a, a big chain massage company, they'll have pictures and photographs and services and and uh, the benefits and like that. Maybe they have mostly a male clientele and especially late at night. The businesses may be located in out of the way areas with backdoor entries and very closed off. The businesses have security uh, surveillance cameras and maybe a, a buzzer to control the entry. So it's kind of hard to get in there versus a normal massage uh, place that will welcome you in. They may often be operated by a female, and these will be female, like pimps, if you will, madams that are madams that are controlling these massage partners. Indicated that the massage partner provider may be living on the premises. Her shoes are under the bed, and there's a little microwave over here with some uh, maybe Roman noodles, and and her clothes maybe will be in a closet over there. And the prices will often be uh, advertised far below the market level. Now, I want you to understand the foreign national victim. Many of them have arrived from Southeast Asia or China, South Korea, Thailand, Taiwan, or Vietnam, or even South America, Mexico, South American countries, and quite frankly, even Eastern European countries can happen. They may speak little or no English, and they're not free to move about without someone else kind of controlling them, keeping an eye on them. They are desperately seeking a way to earn money, and some have borrowed money to get to the U.S., or their families are holding a debt to their home. They often have a minimal education, and some of them are mothers at an early age or mothers in their 30s with no other way to support their family. They are usually recruited by an agent or a recruiter in their home country, and they have replied to maybe a fraudulent or misleading ad that hides the sexual nature of their job. The number one comment that you will get from a foreign national sex trafficking victim, especially, but can be also a labor trafficking victim, is I have to do this or they're going to hurt my family back home. You see, in many of these cases, these very poor people, an agent or recruiter comes to them or a coyote and says, I'll, I will take your child, I'll get them into school in America, 
and the whole family will put a debt against that property. And then when they get here, they believe they're going to make a lot of money and can pay that property debt back. And so the first thing that a coyote or a illicit agent will do is threaten to hurt that family back home. If you're working with a foreign national victim, pay attention to that and know that that threat is very real and that fear is very real and well-deserved. Some of the challenges of working with a foreign national trafficking victim, they often don't know where they're at and they don't trust law enforcement. In Southeast Asia, you do not pick up the phone and call the law to report something. They're not going to do it here in our area. They're afraid that they will be alone and without support over here. And they're afraid their family back home will be ashamed of them or that they will maybe be harmed to the family by the leaders of the ring. Most massage partners are part of large scale rings with multiple facilities in multiple counties, different cities, different states, just like the case that I've shown you here. And they move these victims around from place to place, making it difficult to build a law enforcement case with a victim. Most victims in a massage parlor will only be there four to maybe 10 days at the most so that they don't get too familiar with a client and they don't get familiar with law enforcement. So there are many different uh, dialects, especially Asian dialects, and it's often difficult to find the right certified translator when intercepting or interpreting for a potential victim. If a massage partner is raided, often the owner is already arranged when they first set up the massage parlor and have signed documentation to turn that business over to another trafficker if they get arrested. That way, the massage partners are closed down temporarily by law enforcement, but almost immediately a new business comes in and you have to start all over with the investigation. Now, you can fight that, by the way, if you can get your city council to pass an ordinance that says that if a business is closed down for illicit sexual activity, that the landlord cannot rent to someone of the similar business for three years. And that'll avoid that kind of whack-a-mole thing where somebody else just comes in and reopens. Some of the challenges here I'm working with for a national victim is they're part of large-scale rings, and these are operated by organized criminal enterprises. This is really, really important to understand, is that you may be able to re uh, remove them from that sex trafficker, but that victim understands this isn't just one trafficker exploiting them. There are maybe 30 of them or 20 of them that can come in and hurt this girl and make her life miserable or even kill her. The victim has been told that they owe the money to the captors and that is debt bondage. Think about this. They are having sex all day long and people are paying for it, but they don't get the money. Plus, not only do they not get the money, they're charged for every time they use the bed or take a shower. And so they will end up owing their captor more money than when they first came and started. Foreign national trafficking is some of the most despicable and frustrating kind of trafficking taking place on our soil in the U.S. And it happens right in front of us. We drive by it every day. So if you think of, you know, of a facility that is running illicit trafficking 
or you know of a victim that may be not able to communicate themselves and need to report, if this is a 911 case, call 911 because that's emergency. But you can report anonymously either through Homeland Security at ice.gov tips or through the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. That number is one 888 1-888-3737-888. You can report anonymously if you want to. So thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us educate you. Stay with us. Be sure and share this with everybody you know, and we'll see you next time on Million Kids Insider Alerts.